This episode of Cox Talking Gamecocks is brought to you by the Mason Jar, New York City. The Mason Jar is the official Gamecock bar for the New York City area. Fans and alumni of USC can come by the jar for some great barbecue, cold drinks, and of course, to watch the Gamecocks in any sport, all while surrounded by South Carolina memorabilia. If you want to get a slice of game day in Columbia all while in the Big Apple, head to the Mason Jar on East 30th Street. All right, here we go. To episode 197 of Cox Talking Gamecocks, brought to you by the Mason Jar, New York City. I am your host, Tim Cox, where I will keep every episode from 1801 to 2001. And uh, hold on one sec, y'all. Yeah, buddy. Oh, man. What? A feeling, Gamecock Nation. What a feeling. I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. Ain't nothing better than looking for a win Saturday night and waking up Sunday when you found one. What a time. What a feeling. The vibes. All-time high. All-time high in Gamecock Nation. Season high. Season high. Maybe not all-time high. Still got five wins. But nonetheless... It was a very fun weekend in Gamecock Nation, thanks in a huge part to the football team. I'm, of course, going to jump into that, but before I do, let's look back at this weekend in review. Got a few scores for y'all here. Starting out on Friday, the women's volleyball team unfortunately lost to Georgia 3-1. to Equestrian, yeah, we're talking equestrian, they beat Oklahoma State. 12 to 8. That feels significant. I don't know why. Maybe it's making it up in my head. I feel like Oklahoma State would be good at equestrian. Women's soccer lost to Stanford 3 nothing, and unfortunately, that ends their season as that was in the tournament. But congrats on a good year for the women's soccer team. Some exciting wins and advanced in the tournament there. So really, really hats off to them there. And then on Friday, the men's basketball team was in action. It was... Gamecock basketball after dark as they tipped off at like 1130 Eastern just because they're playing out West in Arizona, this Phoenix tip off situation, you know, one of those early season tournaments and, and whatnot, but they were on the right side of this time change. Be damned. They beat DePaul 73 to 68 and the men start now four and O for the first time since the 2016, 2017 season, which if you needed a little reminder, ended in a Final Four appearance for the Gamecocks. So a really refreshing start to the season for this program where, again, in years past, there always just has been that really early, tough, head-scratching type of loss. And look, it's only four games into this thing, 
But that's a nice way to start, right? 4-0. That's very exciting. The Cox started off hot in this one. Michi Johnson really leading the way. DePaul was battling back. They cut the lead late. But South Carolina held strong, hit some clutch free throws. Otherwise, it was sort of a tough night from the free throw line, though. But Michi Johnson led all scorers with 24 points. And then how about Zachary Davis with 10 points? So, again, you're seeing the more depth in this team, right? Zach Davis was a guy last year where, you know, it's still sort of a pleasant surprise, but he's someone you can turn to now with a little bit more confidence saying, hey, we're going to need you maybe more limited role and you can still be effective. The men continue their play in Arizona against Grand Canyon. That's Sunday night. Actually, they are playing as I am recording this, so sending good vibes. I tried to wait late Sunday night, but a little tired from uh, from celebrating. But uh, So we'll see how they go, but then they do take a bit of a break around Thanksgiving. And then I did want to touch on women's basketball, although they did not play this weekend. The women crushed, I mean crushed Clemson last Thursday, 109 to 40, 109 to 40. That is just a beyond butt whooping. And it's just, you love to see it, right? Like, I don't care what sport it is. You absolutely love beating Clemson. And then on top of it, if you get to embarrass them too, it's very fun. The Gamecocks had six players in double figures. Again, just contributions from everybody. Their next game is Monday night at home against South Dakota State. So that'll be really exciting to watch and see if they, you know they're going to continue rolling, which I totally expect them to. But now we turn our attention to Saturday night in Williams-Brice. Just absolutely electric as the Gamecocks beat Kentucky 17-14 to and just... What a day in Columbia. I mean, really. And what a night around Gamecock Nation, right? Whether you were in Williams-Brice, in Columbia, in anywhere, right? Watching this game, it was a big, big moment. And really, the eyes of the college football world are are on us, right? I mean, like, Darude, he's, he's a Gamecock for life. I, he seemed so into it, really bought into the whole college football experience, I mean, he's from Finland. I don't think they there's anything more different than Finland that I could think of than Williams Bryce on a game day. I mean, it's unique in America, let alone to someone who lives in Finland. But just the scenes from Williams Bryce, it was just beyond belief. You know, it was off the charts. The energy was incredible. And everywhere you look, like national media outlets are talking about that atmosphere, seeing this DJ play his music and get 80,000 people hype is just very, very cool to see. And just ahead of this game, I mean, this is the most excited I've been, and I think it was the most energy that at least I've seen from around our fan base since week one, honestly. And maybe it was... Because it was a night game after a couple of nooners. Maybe it was getting back into you know a real SEC competition. No disrespect to Vandy. Maybe it was going for three in a row. I just think there was momentum and there was juice back into this program. And you really felt it. Even just being on social media, it was really, really cool to see. And yeah, when the lights turned on and 
The ball was snapped. It was absolutely incredible, the energy there. And the content coming out of this game from the media team is just second to none. It's just amazing. And, you know, this team responded in really what is their biggest moment of the year, probably next to week one. And it was a huge night game. Again, you're going against an SEC East rival team. And it's a team that's given you fits in the past. And you're again in a must-win spot. And this team delivered. I mean, that was a gutsy, gritty, hard-nosed SEC win. This team had to dig deep, come from behind. It was a come-from-behind win. Late in the game, they were down. And this team did. They found a way to win. The defense was called upon time and again to come up with a big play, and they delivered. After all this that they've been through, all of the criticism that this defense has been through, they have probably their most, you know, I'm going to say their most impressive showing of the season. I know they gave up a little bit more points than they did against Vandy, but you look at the level of competition and what they were being asked to do with the offense, you know, in a, in, in a dogfight, not being able to score at will, it's got to be the most impressive looking game that we've seen from this defense. And that takes guts to go out there and do that. I mean, Kentucky makes you fight for every inch. And this team came ready to play and ready for the challenge. And then here we are. Step three of November to remember is complete. Carolina has now won three games in a row, five wins on the year, and they are looking progressively better week over week when you look at Jacksonville State to Vandy to now Kentucky. And so the stage is set. The stage is set for this upcoming Saturday. Palmetto Bowl, South Carolina must win to earn a bowl bid. Wow. It is pretty remarkable. Pretty remarkable where this team is at considering where they were about a month ago. It is very, very impressive. So let me dive into what I liked and what I did not like from this game overall for the team. I liked playing complimentary football. All three phases contributed throughout this game. And it really was going to take a team effort to get this win, and that's what we saw. So really great to see that. Everybody had different moments. Different guys stepped up when it mattered, and it's exactly what you want to see. What I didn't like was being the most penalized team yet again. I called that out before the game. Did not come true. Now, I think it was... Seven total penalties to nine. I think the the bigger discrepancy was in the yards. But even so, right, you need to be more disciplined. And especially when you are at home, right, you have to keep those emotions in check. Communication has to be on point. You absolutely need to not give this next team that we play an inch. Now, moving on to the defense here, what I liked, keep a Kentucky to just 14 points. I mean, how about that? Just one score in each half. You know, the defense was very multiple. We saw different looks throughout the game, both with the three down linemen and then a good amount of four down linemen, which I think kept Kentucky off balance. And if nothing else, like I said, they have to prepare for that. And if one drive South Carolina is going in a lot of three, and then the next drive it's four, 
Kentucky has to talk about that, and it puts a lot on the offense, on the linemen, on the quarterback. And even if you're able to sub in and out and get different packages within a drive itself, that's a lot to put on any offense. So I think it has really helped. And since we've seen this three-down look the last three, four weeks or so, right, it kind of feels like it's been a turning point for this defense. And you have to believe that as the team has continued to play in that look and practice it week over week, they are getting more and more comfortable with it and probably also the reason why you're seeing better defensive games the last couple of weeks here. I also like that the defense was able to contain Ray Davis. I mean, I know he found the end zone on a long run, but he was held to just 61 yards. He's, I think, the second leading rusher in the SEC. And despite moments of success on the ground with other guys, the number one job going into this game was limiting Davis, and that is what this defense did. You also really like the turnovers. I mean, second week in a row we're talking about that. Really third, if you include Stone's game-sealing pick against Jacksonville State. But, you know, they say turnovers come in bunches. And that is happening right now for the Gamecocks. I mean, Nick and Manwari's pick in the end zone cannot be talked about enough. It was so clutch. Not only did he keep Kentucky out of the end zone, but they were they were in the red zone, right? That's field goal chip shot, right? And if they get any points there in that spot, the dynamic of the game changes. Arguably, based off of what the offense sort of did in the middle of the game, arguably that's a game-saving interception. And he went up there and got it. That is an incredibly athletic play. And all the other turnovers that the guys generated, even if there weren't points scored off of them, they saved points, right? And they, they stopped momentum. They kept the crowd into it. You have to feel that the crowd had a little bit of influence in some of these. Like, it was very, very impressive to see. These guys are attacking. These guys are playing free. These guys are playing physical and aggressive. This defense is looking very, very good these last couple of weeks here. Now, what I didn't like about the defense was not getting to the quarterback consistently. Jordan Strawn had himself a very nice night. But aside from him, nobody recorded a sack. There were times where the pass rush came close and maybe they were being disruptive, but felt like they weren't creating as much havoc as you would like to see. But that is a small knock on them. This defense played their ass off Saturday night, and they are the reason that Carolina was in this game in a position to win late. You know, these last three weeks have just been so great to see as this defense is seeming to really click and... It's really, really neat to see, and it really couldn't happen at a better time. I mean, of course, there's we can look back, but it's really nice to see it come together, and it's really a huge reason why we have seen three wins in a row for this program. Now, moving over to the offense here, what I liked, gotta love, the Spencer Rattler and Xavier Leggett connection. I mean, this has been a godsend this season. Really, Leggett himself and his development these two have just carried this offense and have won games 
for this team this season. Leggett had six catches for 94 yards and accounted for both of Carolina's touchdowns. The trust that these two have, knowing where to go, knowing where to find each other on the field, is just very, very special. And both are climbing in the South Carolina record books. It's a beautiful thing to watch. I also like Spencer scrambling. I mean, look at this guy. He was looking like prime Mike Vick early in the game, right? And we even had the, the all blacks going, sort of a similar color scheme to those Falcons. He was very impressive on his feet. And, you know, he keeps his wits about him. He's not trying to force the throws. He picks and chooses his time to run. And I'd like to see more of it next week. I would because he is very effective with it and kept the drives alive kept the offense moving. It was really impressive to see. Now, what I didn't like about the offense was the drought that the offense went through in the middle of the game. It was like a quarter and a half, two quarters worth, where they just really couldn't get anything going. Kentucky definitely has a solid defense. But again, after the first quarter, just felt like our offense hit a wall until the fourth and if the defense wasn't playing at such a high level, that would have been a big problem. And that simply can't happen next game. Have to find a way to be a little bit more productive, for sure. I also didn't like not being able to get the run game going. Mario, Mario Anderson going for just 36 yards, that's that's tough sledding. And Spencer was right there with him as a lead rusher. Can't have your quarterback doing that. And it felt like... Mario was close to breaking a couple, but there was just nothing consistent from the running backs. And with that, I didn't really like seeing Xavier Leggett back there. You know, it, keep him on the outside where he does his thing, where he is having a record-setting year. Yeah, obviously, there was that really bad loss he took. It just, I understand you're trying to get creative. You're trying to think outside the box a little bit, but keep X on the outside where he's doing his thing. Hopefully we can get carry on Joyner back for next game because the running backs need help past Mario. I also didn't really like the play calls when South Carolina was deep in the red zone early in the game. The drive that resulted in the field goal, getting the ball in the end zone there would have been huge. Again, that's a hindsight 2020 type of deal. And then something that I, I liked, but at the same time, I didn't like sort of a gray area here was the Lenoris sellers packages. I love Lenoris. I think he does bring that X factor. He's a big, strong freak of an athlete. So I like utilizing him. I like having packages dialed up for him, but I think you need to be a little bit smarter about where you use that because there was the moment where South Carolina was down and we were driving and then he got back-to-back -back plays that were essentially the same and didn't amount to really anything and stalled that drive. So in that moment, I it felt like we could have stuck to what was working, which was the passing game. Short, medium, deep shots, whatever it may be. So you mix in the wrinkle, you know, down in the red zone. I liked it there. Just in the middle of the field when you're driving, needing to score points, didn't really like that. So... If we see it next game, which I'm sure we will, needs to you know sort of pick and choose your moments there. But overall for this game, I mean, this win was massive. It was massive. Easily the biggest win of the season to date. 
And while Kentucky is having an off year compared to some of their recent seasons, this is still a team with good talent and they are well coached. So this win was far from a gimme and far from a fluke. This South Carolina staff had this team ready to play. They came in prepared and they executed. They knew it was going to be a fight. And now it's funny because we've seen the Gamecocks win really in all the ways that you can win. We've seen a shootout win. We've seen close wins. We've seen low scoring wins, like everything. And also we're sitting here in late November yet again, talking about this team improving and looking vastly better than they did at the start of the year. And that's a credit to Shane Beamer and the culture that he has cultivated within his staff and within the players. You know, that means that guys are buying in to the work and they're buying in to the game plans and they're dedicating themselves to getting better and improving. And also this staff is willing and open and able to change and adapt. I think seeing more of the 335 look is case in point where whether it's the coordinators themselves or Beamer, they're willing to look inward and say, we need to change something up here. And what if we tried a little bit of this and you do a little bit of wrinkle here and a wrinkle there. And if something has success, then you stick with it and you expand on it. And these little changes and these tweaks have paid dividends. There are a lot of coaches at really all levels who are just set in their ways and think that their way is the best way. Their system is the best and give it time. It's going to work and you hit your head against the wall and nothing happens. I think Shane Beamer and staff have their game plans. They have their philosophies. And when they find themselves late in the year when maybe things aren't looking the best or haven't gone the way that they've hoped, he is willing and open and seemingly encouraging change. And that takes guts, right? That's a risk. But he knows that that's what you have to do sometimes to get that spark, to get that edge. And it's really impressive to see. And it's all building, right? I already said it. The stage is set. One last game of the year. Sad to say that. Last game of the regular season against that team from the upstate with a bowl berth on the line. It's all right here. It's all right here. They've done it. Right here. One more is all it takes. And with that, it's officially hate week, y'all. Get your mind right. Let's lock in. Ready for another fight this Saturday. Don't even look at anything orange. Don't even come close to anything orange. Don't step foot near the upstate. If you live there, of course, you have to. But point being, it's hate week. Let's go. One more. With that, y'all, that wraps up this episode. Please follow me on social media. Twitter is Cox Gamecocks. Instagram is just the name of the show, Cox Talking Gamecocks. And please like, subscribe, and review the podcast. I appreciate all y'all. Go Cox. <laughs>